Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you, so visit gcxevent.com slash tickets to book now. coffee is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com welcome to episode 85 of star wars and scotch we are here today me and tim aka darkness 429 how you doing tim I'm good, man. I'm trying to wrap my head around 85 episodes. It's a lot. It's crazy. 85. Paul was whispering in my ear saying 84, but Paul last week was 84, according to Spotify. Just saying. Even even his show notes say 85. I thought he was correcting me, so I'm <laughs> making sure here that it's 85. It is 85, 85 episodes. This one's important. This one is post-celebration mm-hmm. and episode three of obi-wan so. yeah there's a there's some interesting things going on in the star wars fandom right now so we'll we'll go get we'll get around to that but first off let's talk about king's coast coffee and uh our nitro cold brew that you can't get anymore because you missed out on it sorry it's all gone 
Yeah, it's all gone. The Darkness Blend Cold Brew is all gone. But don't worry, there's more. Uh, the GCX Nitro Cold Brew will be available soon. At GCX. At GCX. <laughs> soon. At GCX. So if you're going to be joining us at GCX, stay tuned. Uh, and if not, well, then you're just going to have to hang on a little bit longer. I already told Abby I want a four packs because I will finish it before we I leave still, I still have yet to like truly enjoy even my cold brew because y'all y'all bought it. So thanks. Yeah, they're like, how's the cold brew? I'm like, I don't know. You all bought it, so I can't yeah, try it. I don't think people understand that we don't get to actually try all the cool stuff for the most part. Because we're not we're not in the roastery. You know, mm -hmm. we're not we're not at King's Coast. We're here in Tampa. And yep. uh we 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 want to make sure you guys get it. So yep. if you haven't experienced King's Coast coffee. Head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com today. Check it out. You got the Darkness Blend. You got the Trevor May Roast. You got uh, Dr. Lupo's Murder Free line. No, sorry. That's gone now. It's Lifeline now. Sorry. Just Lifeline. Dr. Lupo Lifeline. We got, we got, we got plenty of stuff there. There's, it's all right there. Go check it out. Just, just go over there. Kingscoastcoffee.com. Tell them that we sent you. And uh, enjoy a freshly roasted cup of coffee. Kings Coast Coffee. And uh, if you do want to try that cold brew, you can have a, head over to gcxevent.com slash tickets. And pick up your tickets because uh, GCX is right around the corner. It's a week from this Saturday. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I have I just have to keep my mental state together for another 10 days. It's or okay, so. dude. Charity marathons on Friday at noon. <laughs> you know, it's only two days away. And then, um, you know, we'll be in Orlando in a week from today. And uh, oh. it'll be fine. It'll be good. Yeah. Amy, Amy loaded up the car full of, of merchandise. Um. So there's, you know, plushies and t-shirts and stuff. And oh. it's, it became very surreal this morning when I was packing it all up. I was just like, oh shit, this is happening. Oh yeah, we gotta uh we gotta grab that before we uh head She's over dropped. to Orlando yeah, yeah. on Wednesday. So make sure everyone has their their darkness plushies. So there's lots of stuff you can only get at GCX. So I highly suggest you join us, especially if you're a fan of Tim or Star Wars, because Or both. You can be a fan of Star Wars and Tim. I think there's that if that was a Venn diagram, that would be a very large circle in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's my agree. personal opinion. But uh, yeah, gcxevent.com slash tickets, gcxevent.com slash hotel. Schedule's out, so you can check out all the panels. And as we keep saying, Star Wars and Scotch is on there with Mark Thompson, Alex and Molly Damon from Star Wars Explained, and also our friend Sawyerism from Instagram. And there's going to be a lot to talk about at that panel. Let me tell you, uh, we will probably have to cut it short because... Um, we're going to have a really good discussion about things we saw at the celebration that we're going to talk about today. And uh, by then, episode four of Obi-Wan will have aired. So we will have more context to the cliffhanger ending we got at this episode. Yeah, we'll get there soon. <laughs> we will We will end the episode with Obi-Wan. Let's talk about <laughs> celebration. Yeah, let's talk about celebration. How did you feel about Willow? I mean, Star Wars celebration, Tim. Okay, so first off, let me, let me, let me do a little bit. Let's roll back. So Kevin and I... Thought it'd be really fun last week to do like this live on my stream kind of like celebration watch party, right? We thought it'd be great because the, in 2019, I did this by myself is before we started really doing Star Wars and Scotch. Um, or it was, it was 2018. It was one of the Star Wars where they showed off episode nine. It was the trailer to episode nine. I watched it on Facebook. It was so cool. It was really neat getting to share that. And I was like, oh, let's do that again. Kevin and I, we've established Star Wars and Scotch. This would be super fun. We sit down. And Kevin goes, hey, they got rid of the live stream for the Lucasfilm press, the presser or the, um, the, the, uh, the showcase. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that'll be fine. You know, maybe they're doing like a BCD thing and then they'll show, they'll show it to everybody. Maybe there's a like pre-recorded because they didn't, in case anything weird happens live, they'll just cut it and they'll, they'll give us like a nice pretty rundown. Nope! 
No! They showed all of the trailers. They showed Mando Season 3, and they showed Ahsoka. Those two things right there, oh, and Cassian. They showed off the Andor trailer. They showed, it, and then they eventually showed it on Twitter. But there's certain trailers that have yet to actually showcase, and I don't think we're going to get them until the D23 Disney Plus showcase that's happening in September. Just driving me out is Kevin didn't even know that Harrison Dula is in the Ahsoka trailer, and you would not know that unless you watch the the uh, the 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 uh, I don't even know what to call this thing. It's the black market of of trailers, I guess, over here in the dark web because you have to go searching for it. Terrifying, Kevin. I hate it. Yeah, the gatekeeping this year was pretty bad, and then compounded with the fact. Now again, I'm a huge. I love Willow. It's one one of. It's a classic in my opinion. I love Indiana Jones. Um. And I totally get what they're doing. You know, making Star Wars Celebration Lucas Film Fest is, is cool. I, I'm into that idea. Like a sub-branch of it, you know? Right. But the fact that you gate, you're still gatekeeping trailers um, at what is supposed to be a celebration for only folks that attended, which even the folks that attended were like, this is kind of screwed up. Um, and then on top of that, your lead-in to the live stream was just focused on Willow. Like, I get it. You're trying to push a new product and there's plenty of other opportunities, but don't do both after you've spent, you know, we've had a few years off and the last celebration, like you said, was episode nine and the emperor yep. rocking out and like wrote it again. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, that was, that was huge. That was, that was a big deal. We also learned about Jedi fallen order at the last celebration as well. I, so, was, at the, I was at that presser. And that was so cool seeing a purge trooper. It was in Orlando. I was watching the purge trooper walk across stage. Um, was really, really cool. That was neat. Yeah. I didn't get to be a part and, of any of that. And here we are, uh, you know, the Mandalorian season three trailer. I did see that one bootlegged. Um uh and it was exciting because we were going back to Mandalore and you know, we're gonna see Mandalore in a, in an age we've never seen it. Like, why put that behind a closed door? And then Ahsoka, I just learned there was a trailer, I had no idea. And Hera was in it, live action Hera, who's now supposedly also the star of Rangers of the New Republic. Um, Mate, uh, awesome. I think that's so dope. Yeah, no, it's all good stuff. There's nothing bad, but I just don't understand the idea behind only showing people there and like limiting the amount of excitement. And then when people bootleg it, they're getting copyright strikes out their ass. Or so like it's half like the trailer is, is the ceiling. So you don't get to see the proper trailer. It's just frustrating. So here, here's my thing, Tim. I'm going to completely blame this on Bob Chapek because every bad thing that happens at Disney now, I just want to blame on him. So he has become my official scapegoat for all things Disney that are bad. Yeah, I will say that this, this celebration felt a lot like the way that Disney parks are being run at the moment. Where And I can understand, and I made this argument on Twitter and I had said some, someone has said, like, how are you how are you enjoying the um, the celebration news and all the stuff coming out? And I was like, it sucks for a content creator that is not at celebration this year. Yeah, um, it was you lackluster. Make, if you wanted to make content around the celebration and you were not at celebration, things were very, very, very difficult. Um, and it's just like overall, it's very frustrating. I think I think you made a great analogy that it's it's very JPEG ish to have, you know, another, it feels like microtransactions of, oh, you didn't buy this thing to see the thing. And it's like, okay, I get it. There is definitely some, some, there's definitely some big perks for being at Celebration. Like, let's, let's use Bad Batch, for example. You would have not seen Bad Batch 
the, unless you went to celebration at, in Orlando and sat in on the Clone Wars panel, and then they would have shown you Bad Batch. That stuff's really, really cool. But an official trailer that is made specifically for celebration and then is not released even after the event is over, or even saying like, hey, 24 hours, or like, you know, celebration saw it first and here's the trailer now, or something to that extent. There was just, there was no love, it felt like, for really anyone that was at the event. The live streams are really cool. To your point, Kevin, the Willow showcase at the beginning was so frustrating because you go from knowing that there was a Mandalorian season three and an Ahsoka trailer and you don't bring out any of those characters at the beginning. You do three lot, you do three segments about Willow because you want to bring out all these people and then you bring out, you continue to bring out all these characters that have nothing to do with like what all the hype is about. And you don't bring out the really cool characters until the very end of the live stream, all of the really cool interviews for the star Wars celebration live stream all happened at the end, having Ewan and, and freaking Christian sitting there together, having, um, Oh my God. Uh, just like really like having all the voice actors for clone wars and for rebels and like all of, all of these really cool characters that we like that we've just really come to love. They didn't happen until the end. And it was like late at night. Sometimes I was up at like nine o'clock our time watching, watching a, a live stream be because it was on. And I was like, Oh, I saw it on Twitter. So I quickly ran up there. So it, again, it was just, it felt very disjointed on the live stream and all, everything happening on the internet. It just, it was very frustrating for me. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. Um, you know, we were, we were out of town, both of us this weekend and it was, it was, I kept checking the news feed we and there's nothing to do full on like reactions. Everything. The only thing that we didn't really do a live reaction to was bad batch that trailer. Um, and say, honestly, that trailer, that was there like, wasn't anything that was really like, oh, Omega yeah. had some really cool action scenes and you got to see the Bad Batch, but there was nothing really worth reacting to. Now, on the other hand, Jedi Fallen Order, I want to I want to I want to dive deep into that one, Kevin. There's some really cool stuff. And I don't know how much time we have between that and Obi-Wan, but there's some really interesting rumors coming out about that one. We'll get there in a second, but I'm excited. So yeah, I'm pretty, I don't want to say I'm disappointed, but I felt it was pretty lackluster on, on the whole. I didn't think it was, I think if you were there, you had a great time connecting with folks. It was well worth the ticket price. I'm not, I'm not debating that. I'm saying if you were sitting at home, which most of the world is, I'd be like, they didn't really say anything new. They showed off a few things that are like, cool. Honestly, you know, as someone who's been in event planning for as long as I have and someone who's, you know, done entertainment now for over a decade and combining those ideas and experiences, you should have opened with Hayden and Ewan. Yep. That should have been your big bang off the bat. Get it out of the way. But they saved it for nighttime. And like you said, it's nine o'clock on, on a Thursday. Now, like, don't get me wrong. That interview was awesome because that was, was incredible. Hayden, that was Hayden Christensen's like I called him Christian. <laughs> that was Hayden Christensen's like that was his comeback. Watching watching Ewan and Hayden and they were and everybody was like everyone was like ah hey, uh, Ewan. But when Hayden got up there and they were they were talking about Vader, like everyone like they gave him so much praise and and reverence and it was just like. That was his, and you could see it. Like, it was like on his face of like, I fixed it or like, it's fixed or like, you know, like they don't hate me anymore. Like, and I feel like everyone really, like they did not like Anakin. And it, I really think that it took Dave Filoni to fix 
Anakin's character to really give him the the backstory that we needed to really fall in love with that character. We never like no one. Everyone just assumed like everyone. I feel like treated Anakin as like, oh, that's that little crappy kid that's going to turn into the Edge Lord. And like now, it's so much more than that. And I just loved it. You and I were were DMing back and forth, and I was like, this is his comeback. Like this is his way of 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 really returning back to that level where he should have always been. Yeah, I. I, I think we got what we said we were going to get, which was his redemption arc as an actor, not so much as, as Vader. And, um, you know, it was it was a really special moment. I will always make fun of some of his lines in the in the prequel. You trilogy. will try. But he is Anakin Skywalker and 100%. he will always be Anakin Skywalker. So if you love Star Wars, you need to accept that. Yep, get regardless board. of how you feel like that that's what it, i think the prequel as you know i think the first two movies the prequel episode one and two are the Rough. two worst movies in the entire series um that doesn't mean it's not star wars and if you love the ip you love the ip if you don't then stop <laughs> just go go shit on something else <laughs> you know like it, it, it's it god and, and we'll get into it with moses ingram when we talk about obi-wan because that's just fucked up and a half but um yeah, that was great, but it should have been the kickoff. It should have been the thing that set the tone and the mood for everything, not Willow. Now, they will argue like, oh, well, the tone and the mood was the Lucasfilm panel. It's like, yeah, but the millions of people around the world didn't get to see that. And then you still haven't released both of the trailers you showed in that that haven't gone to the public. Like Andor yeah. we got. And Andor was a great trailer, like amazing. Oh, my gosh, dude. And, and the it was logo everything. That everything was just oh. That was the first thing my wife said when I showed her. She was like, man, that logo is just clean. clean. Um, they used negative space really well on it. It was it was so awesome. Good. Really good. But And Andor is the spy, you know, resistance thing we're going to see for the first time, that whole angle of, of how that worked. But they are fleshing that out in Obi-Wan, too, as we saw in this episode. Um, uh, but, yeah, so that should have been your kickoff. That should have been the thing that did it. And then the whole weekend, I kind of waited for more news. And aside from the Bad Batch trailer, some little tidbits about the High Republic and obviously Jedi Fallen Order Survivor, there was nothing, I, you know, nothing really about Knights, nothing really about Rogue Squadron has just gotten completely dark. So I, I, I would say like, this is a reflection of, of the way Disney has been running things and I'm not happy about it. Um, but I am happy with the news that we got and Tim and I will be in London next year. It's already on the calendars, uh, for celebration. Cause it, it doesn't interfere with anything. I checked. There's one event around that time and I will, I will get the team to run it without me if I have to, cause I will be in London next year. Um, I'm not missing it. Uh, but London's also city. <laughs> it messages me when he's like, they announced London and I'm like, Oh sweet. And then Tim goes, it's a great opportunity for us to invite the Star Wars community that lives in the U.S. that can't make it to London out to GCX, which is in August next year. So, again, as Tim and I continue to grow this and try and get more <laughs> of the community folks to GCX, because we're stubborn as hell, you're going to see a huge push next year in getting Star Wars community uh, alongside of continuing tabletop D&D and the return of some of our larger partners next year. I'm already talking to some of them. So, um yeah we'll see but yeah it's it's overall i'd give celebration like a five out of ten i wasn't i wasn't impressed like i wanted to be the oh the main stage set was awesome i'll give them that oh my god it was beautiful and those guys um who built those props they're the same people who built the props for um 
EA in Battlefront when when they did their showcase of Battlefront 2 in Cologne when they showed all the vehicles and whatnot like that Tie Fighter and those guys I met those guys they were really cool. Anyways, the um, the set smile. was just beautiful. <laughs> it was it was gorgeous. Well, the things we did get, uh, so we got the Andor trailer. Um, yes. Let's talk about that for a second. No cameos or anything. It looks like a lot of new characters, yes. which I'm all for. Um, looks like we're going to meet some sort of new Imperial officer. Uh, she's flanked by death troopers. Uh, we see her a few times in the trailer. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they're debating us like they did with Obi-Wan today. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, it's that spy thing. It is. It's it's literally the yeah. subvert how, how the rebels are going to subvert the Empire quietly in the shadows. And that is exactly what we wanted. And that is exactly what we're getting. Yep. Yeah, they said that this is going to take you right to the doorsteps of Rogue One. So it'll pick you up right where we meet Cassian for the first time, which I think which is means, really, really neat. Which means if you watch Andor from, you can watch basically a, a, a straight timeline all the way through A New Hope. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Rogue One drops you right off at the beginning of episode four. So we've kind of like in, in classic Star Wars storytelling fashion we have gotten the beginning and we've gotten the end and now they're filling in the middle which i think is is pretty cool for yeah. to a certain degree um they did say during the 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 panel that you will not recognize cassian the beginning um and i would assume he'll be a kind of de-ageified a little bit um they'll kind of they'll probably bring him back a couple of years more closer to like probably um Kyle Kestis time so like probably a few years before Obi-Wan where he's young and he's kind of just like starting to help to build out the thing that they talked about in today's episode of Obi-Wan so starting to build out um the way if you will and uh and so I'm pretty excited about that I just there's I'm starting to to notice little bits and pieces that are gonna tie in more into and it's crazy is that Andor is only it's it's in August so what we're two months it's at the end of August so we're we're two months and a couple weeks away from getting Andor, which is, it's crazy to think that we're going to go from Obi-Wan, just like balls to the wall, Obi-Wan, and then we're going to have a little bit of downtime, and then boom, right into Andor. In Game of Thrones the week before that. still have to <laughs> And we've got Stranger, Stranger Things. things and Willow comes out in November. On. And it's 12 episodes of Andor, by the way. 12. Two seasons, 12, 12 episodes apiece. We'll get 24 episodes. So there's a lot to cover in two seasons, 12 episodes. That's a lot of Andor. Also, Tim and I are very excited by this because that's content. That's, that's like so three much months, content for us, dude. Three months of content. Yes, we don't have to go looking for back for like comic books and stuff. We're like, nope, nope. Just shows, shows, shows. Three months. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it's it's exciting, um, and it looks it looks amazing. Uh, it's a side of Star Wars that I think people are going to enjoy because. What was the first thing everyone said when Mandalorian came out? Oh, finally a show with no force users. Granted, we got Grogu, but he's too cute to get mad at. So you just you went with it. This show looks like the force again will be taking a back seat it to a larger political story. Um uh, which I'm all for. Uh we've said time and time again, we want that golden eye mission impossible in Star Wars, and that seems to be what we're getting. Just the way they sh they filmed like when the Empire was coming, how they're like closing the shutters and like you know walking past each other and like nodding and i don't know i love that stuff it's just cool it's like that guerrilla you know warfare um and and they planted the seed in this episode of obi-wan like you said by talking about the way um yep. so 
they're they're doing a really good job of connecting the dots um and the fact that the storytelling i you know I, I put it all together i never really thought about it but it's all this between episode three and four is all of the storytelling we're doing right now even with bad batch yep. so um uh did, was there a date for bad batch by, by no, the way dude, I that's coming out this isn't it coming out this year as well no it got pushed back to 2023 didn't it oh did they see. push it back uh, the Bad Batch will premiere its second season on the streaming site fall of 2022 as of oh, no, it is ago. fall. Yeah, okay, cool. I wasn't sure if they got pushed back. Would... Might be after Andor. Um, they'll have to be. because Maybe like gonna... when Willow comes out, they'll drop Bad Batch because I doubt people That was will. the one thing, though, is are they, gonna, are they going to overlap? I don't think they care as much about animated versus live action as much as live action versus live action. Hmm. Okay. Because he was like, think Bad Batch is pretty niche anyway, so... Yeah, although isn't Miss Marvel releasing and Obi Wan is still releasing as well? Uh, doesn't doesn't Miss Marvel come out in like two weeks or something like that? Yeah, I think they yeah June eighth. Then, then yes, so and yeah, they, so yeah, they're gonna overlap anyways. I think they're just their library's gotten too big; they just don't care anymore. I think it's the COVID catch up because they had that long. Draw well, so they even talked about it. They were they were filming most of Obi Wan during quarantine. They yeah, did. we knew that. I know. I just like just to see it. I think that like we. I know we knew that, but to see it and to see like everything that they were doing and knowing how long this production took, like Obi Wan was a three to four year project, which I think is pretty neat. Um, yeah. so it's it, you're right. Like you know, it, I think this is COVID catch up because a lot of things got reslated. So, um, we did see the Mandalorian season three trailer that was heavily focused on going back to Mandalore. We saw the throne room uh, in the palace at Mandalore. Uh, um, I don't think so. You don't think that was the throne room? Where Bo-Katan was sitting? That long room with all the... Nope. That, is not, that is not on Mandalore. So what happens is, is that Bo-Katan... Uh, this, is, this is what I think what ha is, happens, is that Bo-Katan and Mando split. And yeah, so I they, agree. They, they split off. Him. She's pissed off. She's mad. She's, she's, she's really upset. She's, she's in her head. So she leaves at the end of season two. And he goes his way, and and you know, and then we kind of get caught up with him during Book of Boba Fett, right? Well, he has to go and find Bo-Katan after he went and spoke to the armorist, and they knew that she he has to go back to the the pools to to cleanse himself, right? Because he took his helmet off, so he needs to go mm -hmm. and 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 pay for his sins, his transgressions. Well, he knows that he has to go back and bring Bo-Katan because he needs Mandalorians to go to Mandalore. He needs, a, he needs a, a, a group of friends of Mandalorians to go back to Mandalore. So he goes and finds Bo-Katan wherever the hell she's at. She's, she's somewhere else pouting. That is, her, that is her, her room, but that is on a different planet. That is not on Mandalore. He, that scene is him going and fetching her, and then they go to Mandalore because you see a completely different-looking planet when we when you actually get the Mandalore the Mandalore shot, there is a shot of Mandalore in there, and it looks very very different from the backdrop that you get in her throne room. But I agree with you. When I first saw that, I had to go back and watch the trailer a couple of times to until I get it. And I, the first one I thought I thought she was just chilling on the Mandalorian throne. I, I and I was like, no, that's not Satine's. That's not Satine's room. It's bigger. It's 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 far more uh, uh, glamorous than what we saw in that trailer. Do you think that who is it? Was it Bo Katan that said the thing to Grogu at the end? Did you? Think oh yeah, she goes. Oh, you didn't know that your dad was the only Mandalorian. Yeah. So, do you think we're going to start to meet more of the houses that we met in? Like, Clone I think Wars so, most stuff? definitely. Yeah. 
I think I, I I think that 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 whole that whole line there when they're like they're in the cave and they're fighting and she turns to Grogu and she's like, oh, you thought your dad was the only Mandalorian? I thought that was adorable, but I think I think that is when they're on Mandalore and they were like in one of like the underground caves, starting to work their way up into Mandalore. Yeah, and that's gonna come out February of next year. Um, so again, like right after Andor, you can chill with some probably Bad Batch and some Willow, and then boom, you're you're right into yeah. uh <clears throat> into February before you know it, and you're watching uh, uh season three of Mandalorian, which is I, yeah. I'm excited. I love Mandalorians. I've loved Mandalorians since Night's Hail Republic one when I really dove into their lore um in the Jedi Mandalorian Wars. I hope we get flashbacks. I hope we get a Tar Vizsla flashback would be incredible with the Darksaber. Sure. Like him forging the dark saber or something. Um, Katie, Katie, and Dave had made little little fun jabs about that, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I think the the Vizlas will definitely um, make a like a big presence known of some sort to some degree. There's definitely going to be multiple houses. It's going to be very Game of Thrones esque, I think, of like multiple houses all fighting for that dark saber to become think- Mandalore. Do you think John Favreau, I forget the first name on his character, um, comes back because he spared him in Book of Boba Fett? We're talking about we're talking about the big juggernaut guy, most definitely. Yeah, he's the guy a who's hanging out with the armorist. Yeah, most definitely. He is a Visla. It has been like it is established. We knew that. Um, I think the big controversy, more so than the houses, is going to be Death Watch versus the houses. Which Death we Watch know is. that Death Watch, we, and I think I think the the Visla that is with the armorist, I think he. I think they have been slowly. Either they are a part of Death Watch, or they are the. They are. They, they are the. Well, we I, we know that. We know that they are the the children of of the Watch, right? Aren't they the children of the Watch or something like that? And we were like, yeah. oh, it's Death Watch. Um, we we know that they are a part of it, but we don't know as to what degree within within the hierarchy sure. of Death Watch where they fall. And so it could be a ruse. It could be like that. Could be it. Those could be the leaders. And it was like it's one of those big like. Scooby-Doo reveals like, oh, it was you the whole time. Um, so that that's that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I think that's going to be the controversy is the the reassembling of Death Watch versus the houses that are still intact. Sure. Um, I mean, it's a huge as- it's a huge piece of Clone Wars. It would be silly for them not to loop it in somewhere. And it's very it's it's very much so important to John and to Dave right. um, because, I mean, John voiced it. You know, Dave created it. So I I, I don't see why it wouldn't. I, I could see them like walking by some sort of plaque that tells the story of of uh, Tar Vizsla at some point, and that's how we get that flashback. I could see flashbacks to Duchess Satine. All right, we, we might as well just jump into Obi Wan. Okay, so we know we know that Satine and Obi Wan. We know we're gonna get a flat. Uh, there's gonna be something there. We were told to go back and watch those episodes of Obi Wan dealing with Satine's death, watching her die, holding her, going oh, through all of that. Whatever. Rough one. Um, to your point of them leaving marks on the wall, we had we had an an insane mention this morning in Obi Wan, uh, getting Quinlan Voss mentioned was so far the coolest thing that has ever happened in live Did action because dude when he go when he said quinlan i was like quinlan boss shut up what did i tell you what did i, I tell and, you and so and it was funny too when he goes into the safe room i was like you know what fuck it show show kestis show him right now say his name i was screaming at my tv i was like watch thought- kevin's right I thought he might be the pilot at the other end, but obviously, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Reva, I mean, Reva yeah, yeah. murdered. Reva, Reva made sure that, that ain't happening, Chief. Um, um, 
But yeah, no, Quin Quinlan really excited me. I was hoping that Cal left something on the wall too, but also Cal's not Cal is on the run right now, right? Okay. All right. So we did we really Time didn't lines. mention Yeah, yeah. So this is five we know that um Survivor is five years after Fallen Order, which then puts it at Obi-Wan. But hear me out. The trailer makes me believe that Kestis will not show up in Obi-Wan because of what's going on in that trailer. He's, I, I'm with you. Yeah, he is He is off doing his own story that I think what's going to happen, especially if the rumors are true, the person in the back to tank is a Throws very, down. very important character. Dylan and Merrick. for them... Yeah, and so for... Well, okay, so it could be... It could be... It could be him... I think I think it could be someone that we've been looking for for a very very long time and I have to I have to agree. Let me let me pull up the tweet that I was sent yesterday and um you guys let me know what you think. Um so I got a tweet from Mr. Woodhouse and it said, uh, "I have been told that an unnamed character in the back to tank in the hashtag #Jedi Survivor teaser is being played by a voice actor who was on stage during Star Wars Celebration 2022. Sam Witwer was on stage and played Starkiller. So I Tim, think that makes before sense. Before you go on, sure. last year, from one of our internal Star Wars video game sources who we cannot reveal, so sure. from a trusted source, sure. we were told that Starkiller was being written into canon. We, yeah. They didn't say how, they didn't say when, and they didn't say what studio or what game. But we yeah. were told that Star Killer was being written back into canon. Yeah. Taking this a step further, and then we'll come back to it. Yep. I truly believe if st the Star Wars storytelling is about three years from conceptual writing to delivery of product, right? Makes sense. Ish. Yep. About right. Yep. I believe three years ago when Episode Nine aired, they said, "Shit, we need to get back to what they want. We've told yep. our story. We need to get back to what they want." And I talked with Woodhouse yesterday about this, and he brought up a great word that I want to use. And he said, I believe that a Legends renaissance is upon us as they write oh, all these characters back yes. to canon. And I said, I agree with you because Starkiller Rumor, which we're going to touch on and dive into in a second, versus, or in addition to, mm -hmm. how many rumors have we heard about Kyle Katarn returning in Mandalorian at some point? Death um, Troopers are there. Yep. We've heard Kyle Katarn could show up he's the one jedi that knows how to like operate a blaster and a lightsaber besides ezra sure it would make sense the other person's name who keeps coming up in a return of canon as far as even saying that it might be karen gillian playing her is mara jade which is luke's yep. wife mm -hmm. so with these three characters you have three of the most popular legends characters from video games to books to comics mm -hmm. ever I believe that three years ago when they sat down with Kathleen and the team, they're like, we got it. We got to throw them some bones. We have to stop trying to reinvent the wheel, especially with high Republic coming. Sure. We have to give them things that they recognize and they know yeah. that's going to excite them. That's going to create the buzz. So star killer being a part of this game brings him back, makes him canon direct correlation to Vader makes Very much complete so. sense in, in the Jedi fallen order universe. And it looks like it's some sort of cloning laboratory. Because at first I was like, oh, is that like a Jedi in stasis? That was what I said when it launched. But then when I talked and, and watched it more, I was like, no, this is this is one of the Emperor's or Vader's secret things. 
that no one really knows about. It would make sense that the Grand Inquisitor is involved because who does the Grand Inquisitor answer to? Not the Emperor. So that so that doesn't look like the Grand Inquisitor to me. Um, I will I say that he looks he looks older. Um, he looks more like a politician. You know, him being behind a desk without his his without his his garbs on, without his Inquisitor armor on. Um, makes me believe that he is of the banking clan or whoever the whatever that race is, not the banking clan, whatever whatever the race is. I believe he's one of those characters. I believe he's a bad guy. I don't think that he is the Grand Inquisitor. We already have the Grand Inquisitor story for the most part. It's kind of getting misconstrued. Like it's it feels misconstrued right now in Obi Wan, but I'm sure they'll do a beautiful job of of wrapping it up and oh, reintrodu- yeah. and reintroducing him. Right now, he's taking a leave of absence, which I think is okay because a lot of people, like, we've already had a lot of screen time with the Grand Inquisitor, right? Like, I think what they've done a really good job of is not retelling someone's story and, and highlighting people's stories in a really fun and exciting way. The Watching the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed and left for dead and then being told that he, and then Vader, you know, like, the whole idea of, like, you know, really trying to spin the story that the Grand, Grand Inquisitor's dead. We know that he's not. We know that he shows back up in Rebels, so he's not dead. I think dead. the fifth brother is setting her up with uh, Yeah, the no, there's a lot of stuff, and I really love the whole, like, backstabbing Sith mentality of just, like, oh my I want to be Vader's pet. I want to be his number two. No me, no me. And it's just, like, it's all a bunch of kids trying to fight for dad's uh, approval, which it's I think is best. hilarious. It's the, it was the best way to circumvent the rule of two. And simultaneously, still have them acting just like Sith do. Oh, dude, he just com- he just continues to just play them along and throw them a bone. Like, if you do this for me, you get to be Grand Inquisitor, and if you get to do this for me, you can be Grand Inquisitor. It's so Sith like. I love it so much. Anywho, uh, back to Jedi Fallen Order really quickly. A lot of people were saying that it was Malakos because when we fight Malakos on Dathomir. We don't know mm-hmm. what happens to him really. Like, we just like everyone assumed that like Malakos is the one that like so. Um, one of the theories that I saw is that Kyle Kestis goes back and saves Malakos and puts him in a in a in a back to tank. That's just like, why would he do that when he's looking at someone of of like he's he's looking at him with a lot of intrigue? Like he's like, I don't know who you are, and there's a lot of confusion and questions on his face. And then the way that the way that he stands there with his lightsaber and he's kind of like all like just like deformed and kind of just like rigid. Felt very robotic. It didn't feel like Terran. It, like Malakos was, he was a Jedi. And so he was, he definitely fought like Jedi. And so he had a very like, unique presence to him. And like the gray hair and everything, I could see why everyone thought it was Malakos. But, but the way that he stood there, I honest to God thought it was Revan. Like the, the, the shadowy figure and the hood and the red saber and just the one arm and the way he was standing, I thought it was Revan. Um, and it was just like, oh my God, this could be it. And then, and then the more I thought about it and the more that I looked at it and then seeing Woodhouse's tweet, I'm like, no, the idea of them introducing Vader's apprentice, the, the person who is, is literally, yeah, I mean, but I mean like this guy was like Vader's apprentice though. Um, like this guy is so powerful. I mean, the idea of someone who can take his hand and rip a star destroyer from orbit and pull it down into the ground, terrifying. And, and it would and again, also this, real it quick. also would canonize Tim. The clones can use the force. Yes, you know, exactly. And the other one thing that I want I want just want to get across is what I feel like I've been saying a lot 
is that Kyle Kest- Kyle Kestis is going to be the storytelling portion in video games for Star Wars. He is going to be the that that torchbearer. He is going to be the arbiter. He is going to be the character that we, as video game Star Wars fans, we will all get behind. Uh, just like cinema people got behind Luke Skywalker, right? They're they're giving you that character that you absolutely love. And and you want to see him succeed, and I think that's that's really what we're getting. And we know that we know that um, Survivor is going to be very very dark. So the idea of giving you this person that everybody absolutely loves, show him again, and then making him fall or making him like something bad's going to happen to Kyle Kestis, and I'm I'm all for it. You know, it also opens up the door now for a Quinlan, Ahsoka, and or Obi Wan to show up in the game. Um. Yeah. So the you know like the idea of Quinlan Voss. I think Quinlan's going to show up in live action because he's an animated character. Um, I, I, hey, he's I'm, in I'm, live action too. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> in Attack of the Clones. What are you talking about? Yeah, dude. He's just hanging uh, out at a, at a cantina on Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And Cody was, or in Rex was on the Battle of Endor. Uh, or he was on the Forest that's, Moon of that's Endor. That's been canonized, Tim. Yeah, they uh-huh. actually confirmed that. Yeah, whatever. No, Lucas actually confirmed that. Yeah, I that know, one. but that was that was. There is no way in hell that George Lucas in 1984 was like, "I've got this clone idea, and I'm not going to introduce it until I find this guy named Dave, and then he's going to introduce Rex." Also, can we stop with the "That was Cody on Dayu"? That's not Cody. It's not Cody. That's just a. Tr- it was one of the five oh first. Yeah, it was the five oh first. He had the blue and the white, and yeah. That was not. It was not. That was Most not definitely Cody. Not. Cody would have recognized him immediately and jumped up and tried to choke Try him. Try to kill him. And, <laughs> and Obi-Wan would have would have probably responded in kind. So um anyway, yeah, so that that's, was not that's most Cody's celebration out of the way. I'm very happy well, with it. Two other things. We have the Tales of the Jedi animated series, um, which is gonna tell Ahsoka's story from birth, it looks like. Uh, which also is gonna tell Jedi Count Dooku stories. I found that insanely interesting. That yeah. was another trailer. I don't think that ever saw the light of day, right? The um, I watched the trailer, um, but I watched yeah, again. I, I watched it again from a uh, from someone's cell phone. Yeah, um, there is uh, there's a couple scenes in there with Dooku, and and he's he's talking to Qui Gon, and and then you watch Dooku just like cut down a bunch of people, and essentially he, I mean, like you can see where Qui Gon gets his ferocity from, and where he gets his um his want to dance on the line. You know, kind of pushing. You know, he never really listens to the uh, the the council or anything like that. He gets that attribute from from uh, from Dooku, which is really cool. But um, we we know that um, uh, Samuel Jackson's going to show up again. Uh, we know that that Mace Windu is going to be there. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But we're going to get six stories, six unique stories from all different perspectives. And so it's an anthology too. It is an anthology. So I'm, I'm very, very excited to see how they go about doing this. Yeah, no, I I love that. The one-off stories, like maybe a half an hour long, just telling these, these stories to just, again, fill in blanks of things that we didn't know or haven't seen before all for it. The other show they announced um, besides the kids show, but I don't think we really need to dive into that. I forget what that one was called. That's more for, for Kyler and Juliet. Um, Cause they said it's going to be on Disney plus and Disney junior. I was like, Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> They'll be happy. I'll, I'll definitely watch a Jedi show with them. Uh, Jude law is going to start a, a show called skeleton crew. It's going to star uh, children. We don't really know much. Um, Filoni said skeleton crew is not necessarily a kid's show. It's as much of a kid's show as clone wars. 
Yeah. I'm like, we cut people's heads off in Clone Wars, so I'm not sure that's the, the best measure of, of a kid's <laughs> show. Um, you know, uh, again, Star Wars is for kids. It has that PG, PG-13 line that it dances, uh, but there's rarely ever blood and stuff in it because of everything cauterizes wounds. I think that's the, the genius of, of Star Wars. Uh, but yeah, we watched the Stormtrooper get cut in half today in in uh, in Obi-Wan. Oh my God, I thought that was so great. So yeah, so Skeleton Crew is going to star um, uh, uh, Jude Law and it, yeah. I, I what was that twenty twenty three? It comes out twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a later it's a later project. It was the it yeah. was the uh, the code name project that we had heard rumors of. Uh, was it grammar? It was a proper grammar or something like that, mm-hmm. or whatever the code name was. Um, so yeah, it's neat. It's neat that we we know. I, I love Jude Law. I think Jude Law is a fantastic actor. I really enjoy um, his presence on screen, and and knowing that they're going to put him in a Star Wars show is or movie is is really really cool. It's show, right? It's a show, yeah. It's a show, yeah. So Star Wars yeah. show. Um, and so like, and, and so the idea of having like an adult with kids, I wonder if it's going to be kind of similar to like. Um, the episode of Ahsoka with the younglings when they go to Ilum, you know, kind of like that idea yeah. of like, you've got a very knowledgeable someone who's of, you know, older status who has, you know, some, some oomph behind them. And then you've got a bunch of like wet behind the ear kids who like, you know, think they're tough shit until they get into trouble and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. It's probably gonna be like star Wars Goonies. Oh, that'd be fun. I right? just, I just watched Goonies for the first time. Um, yeah, Jedi never say die. Jedi never say die. <laughs> <laughs> so for Obi-Wan this week, we got so much Vader. Um, Perfect. It, it, it was it was wonderful. Um, I did like the bait and switch with Indira Varma's character. Uh, they had billed her as an Imperial officer for since they announced her casting last year. And within 10 seconds, we realized we had been debated uh, and she was actually working with the rebels. Um, she. I don't know if she was an Imperial officer, if she's still and still helping them. I didn't really get the full picture on that. I don't know if there was something I missed, but she's definitely helping people. Um, and part of this network that Haja um, uh, from Dayu uh, is a part of where they're getting for sensitive children and, you know, people in need um, to safe, safe places um, across the galaxy. It was interesting to see the Empire operating in a mining colony that, you know, was pretty desolate. Uh, according to Obi-Wan, you know, that had once been filled with farms and families and people. And now it was just, you know, very industrial and, and kind of um, uh, I did not trust it that plays, transport driver. Plays perfectly into the stories that they tell in um, Catalyst. If you read Catalyst, they go into great detail about the Empire stripping planets yeah literally literally going to a system and completely pulling every single resource from that planet and then leaving when he says that there was families and all these things they're right what they did what the empire does is they go to a system they find the planet they round everybody up and they put them in a concentration camp and they're like oh don't worry the empire is here to take care of you so they centralize them into one area, a concentration camp, and then they go through and they strip the entire planet while keeping everybody subdued in their concentration camp, and then they just peace out, and they're gone, and they go to the next one, and they leave everybody to die. It's absolutely insane. And what's crazy is because this is happening out in the mid-rim. This is happening out on the, 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 the farthest portions of the mid-rim and outer rim, so the people in the core worlds have no idea what's going on. 
That's yeah. the craziest thing. When Leia says, I thought the Empire was here to help. Well, the people in the core systems think they are. People in the mid rim and the outer rim are getting absolutely fucked. So I um, it was great. It was know, awesome. When he was lying to the stormtroopers and he turned to her and uh, said, when I look at her, oh. she reminds me of her mother. I was like, I lost it, dude. Gut punch. And then she was like, are you my real father? And um, dude, I wanted see- to cry during that. I was welling up. You can see his face like he doesn't want to tell her the truth because he knows she'll be like absolutely devastated that, yeah, the man trying to kill me is your father. Um, So it's we're we're hitting a point and obviously Leia's not going to find out because she doesn't find out everything until Luke fills her in in in, uh, Return of the Jedi. So she's not going to be sensitive. She may find out who her mother is. That much we may she may find out because there's really no nod to that because obviously Padme didn't exist when four, five, and six were made. Mm-hmm. Um, so she may find out who Padme is. She won't find out about Anakin Vader being her father because right. that's Return of the Jedi. Um, but she's definitely dancing around it. She's smart as a whip. Can't tell if she's using the Force to perceive things or if she's just that damn smart. No, I think it's a Force sensitivity thing. Like she, like we don't, we know that she doesn't get properly trained until Luke. Um, but we do know from seeing how they're going about developing the idea of force sensitive children without any training, um, they are able to like, let's, let's go back to episode, uh, eight, the boy using the force to, to move the broom, broom, right? That idea, they're really leaning into this idea of children being force sensitive. We know that with, you know, Jedi fallen order that the Jedi were, were, they had ways of finding force sensitive people. Um, and we know that the Sith also have ways of doing this as well. Kyle Kestis uh, has uh, the, 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 the holocron and, and all these things. So I'm sure we'll get more explanation as to how the force works. I love the one line when Leo is like, can't you just use the force to speed this thing up? And he literally took the line from episode seven. And I was, I, I said it before he said, I was like, how it works. that's not how the force works. And he goes, that's not how it works. I was like, that's literally what Han says. It's great. I thought that was fantastic. They keep on doing these little nods and stuff to different movies, which I think is great. The, I mean, they, they, I've noticed how much they say, I've got a bad feeling about this across all of star Wars content constantly. So oh, yeah, man. they keep, Barring lines, not canon, but Swotor is also uh, currently the storyline is is surrounded by. Yeah, we know, watched that trailer a few times, you and I together, and yeah, you know, that whole idea of like having these old, very very old, and we'll get into this more in High Republic, Kevin, because we we kind of like I was I was kind of feeding you information. I watched the High Republic panel at Star Wars Celebration, and this is going three hundred years prior to where we are now, and so Phase Two is going to be even farther back, and so yeah. we could we could be getting some like old Republic style you know machinery or these even stuff older than old republic and they're using these machines to find force sensitive people and stuff so it's it's really cool and i think we're really going to start getting into more of like the nitty-gritty mechanics of how the force works i don't think they'll ever make swotor canon but i do think post disney acquisition you should pay attention to the story because lucas sure. does control the narrative there that is not bioware completely so um you know whether they look at it as some sort of alternate mcu timeline um or you know maybe like from here on out it's canon or something like that i would pay attention to it because they do put stuff in there that you know especially balance balance is a big thing in swotor too so like they're definitely playing off of what lucas is doing in the current era to your to your point kevin there is a there's a book that is going to be in phase two called the great convergence um and so i wonder sounds like witcher it does right it sounds like witcher but what what happens with the convergence 
what is a convergence? A coming together of a melding things. of a melding of things, right? A, 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 a an amalgam, a marriage of of things, things coming together. So if we have a convergence in Star Wars, what if, Kevin, we've got the convergence of old and new, and there's something that happens where they kind of like the old EU and the new Star Wars kind of meld together. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. The, the, uh, again, it goes back to what we said earlier. At some point, a few years ago, after the sequel trilogy came out, I'm sure they sat down there like, we need to throw some fan service their way and we need to do it you know, as soon as we can. So it would play into that narrative too, where they're trying to, I don't want to say fix, but they're trying to bring back things and, you know, that we love. Yeah. Well, I mean, like uh, the idea of a galactic convergence, like what if, you know, like, like two galaxies just like hit each other, right? They just kind of like just go into each other. And that's the, like the old and new kind of just like meeting each other. The veil of the force starts to kind of come into play more. Like I, there's got yeah. it. And I, and I feel like that's going to be it where it kind of like, that's going to be your pinpoint and everything kind of just like falls from that. Um, I, I was, re was someone we were talking about it on stream and, and then someone had mentioned it was like, oh, I love Star Wars and Scotch, but you guys get your timeline all messed up. And I'm just like, I was like, well, I mean, like, I would love to see a proper timeline because it's just like there really isn't like a really nice one. Well, someone sent me one from Wikipedia and it's literally every single book that's considered canon. I'm just like, there's no effing way that I can remember all of this, so, but I'll do my best. Um, but I was looking through and at the very, very top of this timeline is it says High Republic. It says 2023. It's, it's called Great Conversion. So I'm, I'm excited about that just because of the title. Yeah, it can, it, and it could be nothing. It could be like related to it the could be absolutely or something. nothing. And I'm really no just idea. grabbing at straws here. But I, I like just, I saw I like that. It. I told you that. I just like I, like, I got to tell Kevin this because this is really interesting to me. Um, one of the one of the coolest things about this episode was obviously Vader leaving. First of all, we saw Mustafar again, which was <sighs> it's always fun. So we got to see his throne room. We got to see his Don't throne we room. Rogue One, so though? cool. Um, not, not, not really. It wasn't it mostly the, wasn't it mostly the back to tank hallway scene or that, that long, no, line? when he's talking to well, inspect a critic, that part it wasn't, but it wasn't like a wide angle shot getting, I, I feel like it, it was, again. we'll have to go back and look, but I don't remember seeing the wide angle shot of his throne. I thought that was really cool because it, it made awesome. me feel like I was playing, um, uh, Vader immortal again. Yeah, no, that, that was awesome. And then, um, you know, he, he, I did not expect him to go to the planet, but oh my God, when Obi-Wan felt his presence, it would look like he was having an anxiety attack. He, what, no, he had multiple panic attacks this episode. Um, and I think that's really interesting. That they're playing like into the mental health of like survivor guilt and um, PTSD from wartime and, and all of these things that he's, that he's experienced and they're showcasing it in a Star Wars way. The idea of like vets not being taken care of, you know, coming back with PTSD, dealing with, the survivor guilt and all these things is really, really interesting. And they're doing it in a really cool way. Great example. He's walking with Leia and he literally starts to have a panic attack because he's feeling the Imperial presence. He's feeling Vader and all these things. And then he sees Anakin in, in his form that he was before he sliced him into sushi. Um, and he's just standing there and Leia's freaking out because old guys seeing ghosts. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. And then just to see him just shut down as, as Anakin's coming down the street was just standing there was interesting. And, and then Anakin starts baiting him because he knows he's there. 
he knows he knows that his master would try to save everybody and so this this mad i was like i i literally re, i screamed at the that at my, the tv i go you psychopath and he just starts ripping people Snap. out of windows and snapping necks Snap. it was so crazy at one point he just drags a woman down the street it was it, like he doesn't kill her it's like a cat Playing with he a killed mouse. that one person. Oh, he definitely snapped that guy's neck. He ain't coming back. But he just dragged this one woman down the street and then let her go like she was a play toy. Um, that was terrifying to me. They really it did a good job. Reminded me of a few weeks ago when you called him an antihero. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I still feel like he's. I still feel like they're painting him to be an antihero. I, I really, <laughs> dude, Venom eats people. Venom eats people. He is an antihero. I don't want to hear about it. I don't see the Hulk snapping people's necks and dragging the them Hulk down the street. The Hulk's a hero. He's an anti-hero. No, no, the Hulk's Always a hero. Been they have him. as an anti-hero. They have the Hulk in this Spider-Man animated show that my kid watches. He's on. He's on the Avengers underwear, dude. I know. I there is no way that Disney is painting him to be an anti-hero. The Hulk is one of Marvel's earliest examples of an anti-hero. He is a destructive hero who does the right thing but doesn't care about the consequences of his actions. Opposite of hero or the violence and pain he leaves in his wake. That's what I'm saying. Vader leaves pain and sorrow everywhere he goes. He's actively torturing people. I'm going to die on this hill, Vader. But there's still good in him. That's the, that's the, that is the part where I still hold yeah, true that he's an anti-hero. There's still good in him. From what I saw this morning, it's way, way down there right now. Yeah, but he can get pretty pissed off and he doesn't kill people. So it's just like, I feel like he kills when he needs to. Um, when he was like, first of all, Obi-Wan running from him was wild that, to me. But I yeah, understand. I, yeah, I had a few. I had a... a that's the probably the only part that I had a problem with was that last little scene where they ignite the fire and pull Obi-Wan up. But anyways, um, yes, I agree with you. The, they kind of turned that into a horror movie uh, scene to a certain degree of the idea of like the really scary dark figure that you can't see in the shadows is chasing you. And all you hear is a <sighs> they took that from episode six as well. The idea of like using the lightsaber to kind of illuminate. And he's like, your sister. Yeah, like well, that entire. That's what I thought of when I kept going back to was like, oh, this reminds me of the Emperor's Throne Room Invader versus Anakin to a certain degree. But um, this lines up really, really well with the Vader comics in the sense that Vader wants to, he wants to bring pain and suffering to the people that made him suffer. You should have killed me when you had the chance. That line was goosebumps, dude. And like that, you could tell it crushed Obi Wan to hear it that. It did. It did. And he's just like when he goes, "What have you become?" He didn't want to fight him. That was the one thing. And well, he also has been cut off from the Force so much that he's, that's that's he the big thing. Because Anakin's probably stronger than the last time they met. Because he's um, deep in the dark side now. Motherfucker was using one hand, Kevin. He was using one arm the entire time. Literally fought with an arm behind his back at one point. Like, just put his hand behind his back because he didn't care. And he's just using one arm, which is very Vader-esque. Vader is a very heavy hitter. He does a lot of just, like, heavy strikes. You know, you see, like, in Battlefront, it's all very big, heavy lunges and swings. Um, but he, and then at one point, he uses the force. He pushes him and just all these things. I, I didn't understand the force choke scene where he, he just grabs Ben. And Ben's like, I can't, I can't do anything. And I was like, this feels, feels a little over the top. But then I got it when he ignited the fire and just like, just rubbed his face in the coals. He's like, 
Now you will suffer. And I was just like, oh, oh. Speaking of voices, was that James Earl Jones? Sounded like a, it. Or is it a voice? Or are they doing um, AI voice techniques? Might have been AI voice technique. Um, at it this sounded point. just like him. It was phenomenal. But it sounded like him when he was young. Because remember, yes. old James so, Earl Jones was Rogue One, and it you could it tell was the rough. I was like, man, he doesn't. But he's ninety now, so like that's the that's where I'm having a hard time of like because they did it with Mark Hamill perfectly. They were able to de-age his voice. He sounded like he did in Episode Four. So I, I uh, would assume it's someone doing the impression. Maybe whoever did it for the animated stuff, and then. Yeah. They just they toyed with the EQ it was, to make it sound more it was like perfect. What, whoever whoever did the voice of Vader um, did a phenomenal job. I really enjoyed it. the 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 idea of causing pain and suffering to people that wronged Vader is, I think, is just chef kiss. Again, they're playing on a lot of comics. They're using the uh, the journals of Obi Wan. They're using the Vader comics. They're they're pulling all from all these different pieces of medium and throwing it into the show. And it's just it's perfection. It really is. Like I have a hard time being upset with this. And like, and, and I've seen uh, across the galaxy, you know, talk about this. I've seen other people on, on Twitter talk about the, the just the, the anger towards the Obi-Wan show. And even to like, you know, someone like Moses now, I mean, like is getting like all this hate and, oh, and even racism. And it's just, it's just, it's why can't we just enjoy star Wars? Like this is a beautiful story. People are missing the point. If you're if you are literally hanging on to the he doesn't look like Sir Ian from 1970 or whatever, like shut up. You are ridiculous. He is literally nine years younger right now. Ewan is nine years younger from Charlock when he did episode four. Also, not for nothing, at this point, to me, I love Sir Alec Guinness. Don't get me wrong, but Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. Now he is for sure. He took the he, mantle. Let him run with it. Yeah. He's like, doing a great job. Look, we rail against gatekeepers. This week, I just saw some ugly, ugly shit. Moses Ingram is doing a phenomenal job as Reva. I have no I issue. I like her character. I don't even know how you could be angry at her because she's not based on anything or from something else. She's a new character to the series. It makes zero sense. So it's just a bunch of people being shitlords because they can because of the veil of anonymity on the internet. Like, shut the fuck up. Go gatekeep somewhere Dude, else. When 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 Ewan has to get on Twitter and record a video from his car to be like, hey, if you're racist and like Star Wars, you're no Star Wars fan fuck to me. Off. Like, no, he's right. He's right. Even Star Wars is like, there's 20 million, 20 sentient, million. 20 million sentient races in Star Wars. In the Star Wars universe, shut up. Like, if literally a, a black woman pisses you off, then you don't like Star Wars. That plain and simple. That is it. You are That's not it. a Star Wars fan. Like, and, and if you if you don't like Moses because of if you want to critique and say like her her acting skills or whatever, but don't bring her race into it. Don't don't attack this person for being born into into her life. Like that's fucked up. What's I would like to know, though, from a critiquing standpoint, like what's wrong with her acting? She's I don't playing know. It, she's she's playing it. She's playing an unhinged inquisitor who has no respect for anything except gaining power to be Vader's number two. What is she doing and we wrong? We have no backstory to her. We don't know where these demons lie. We know that she hates Obi-Wan. We know that she loves Darth Vader and she's power hungry. Like, what more do you need? Like, what more do you need to, I have to feeling, not like her? Way, on that, I have a feeling she's going to see Obi-Wan get on the ship with Padme and leave and, like, 
she's going to think that they were left behind and Obi-Wan's running away. That's what I have a feeling on Coruscant. There is, there is most definitely we, the, the opening sequence to Obi-Wan is going to come back at the end. There is no reason for John or Dave to rehash order 66. We know we, we've seen it happen from so many different angles. We've seen it from Ahsoka's angle. We've seen it from Anakin's angle. We've seen it from Obi-Wan from Kyle Kestis. We've seen it from every literal angle you could think of, but they do it again and they do it in a very interesting way. One of two things uh, happens with, with her. She's dead at the end of the series. I'll tell you that. Oh, most definitely 100% dead. One of two things happens. One, her redemption arc, and then the Grand, Qu- Grand Inquisitor's lightsaber comes through her chest from behind, and we didn't see him coming or something. And he'll say something very snarky in, in her ear as she falls to the ground and dies. Or she's very close to catching Obi-Wan, and the Grand Inquisitor's lightsaber comes through her back. I, <laughs> and he says something snarky in her ear. I wonder if it's going to be like a, a, a character redemption arc where she like she figures it all out. She comes to the light. And then to your point, she still gets she's dead and he's killing she, her. Like, oh, there's most no definitely we we know we know what happens like this. And that's what's fun about this is that we know the ending, but we are enjoying the journey to get there. We know that the Grand Inquisitor is alive. We know that we know there the are fifth no brothers in on it. Yeah, we know that the Inquisitors are all dead by the beginning of Episode Four, right? The Inquisitor program gets gets is is shut down by that point because they've run out of kids, right? Essentially, they've run out of people to turn into Inquisitors. So the Inquisitor program gets shut down because things are kind of going going to shit, and the Emperor's ready to blow everything up with the Death Star. Um, and so, yeah, all the Inquisitors are either dead or they turn and they, they go hiding. So either she dies or she goes off into, into wild space or she goes into the, yeah, no, I I think so. I'm just trying to think of like the other crazy thing that could happen to her character. If they really wanted to keep her alive for other things to come back later on down the road, they could make it that she turns and then she flies off to either the Chiss into, uh, and you know, into, you know, the far beyond or she goes into wilds. They've mentioned wild space a handful of times. And we know that wild space is wild space and is unexplored. So they could, they could go in that direction um, or we could go into the chaos. um, So that's where I, that's where I am with her character. I think she's great. I think she's going to die. I love her. I think think she's, she's gotten like, I think that she went from, she went from in episode one. I was kind of like, all right. Episode two, I was like, oh, this bitch is unhinged. And then episode three, I'm like, there's more than meets the eye here. You know, if they do keep her alive, too, that does open a door for her. To sh- or even if she's dead, honestly, that does open a door for her to appear in Survivor as well, because that's very Inquisitor focused. Sure. Um, so, you know, sh- she might be in there. Who knows? But I have a feeling Grand Inquisitor is going to get the final say. Fifth Brother's in on it. I, mean, I like the Fifth Brother there. a lot, dude. He hates her. Oh he's my he God. is so awesome. That's um that's uh Tim Kang. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's he's been phenomenal. And like I mean, I mean, I don't even recognize him. He's been in all in the Fast and the Furious movies and stuff, and their makeup is so good. I I don't recognize him. His voice he looks just is like he does phenomenal. in Rebels. He does. He did a great job. Is it isn't he in Fallen Order briefly too? Is he? Or am no. I thinking of someone? Else? No. Okay. Yeah, just no. Rebels. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's I think I think she's dead. I, I don't think she survives this whole ordeal because 
like I said, either redemption or she's close to catching him and the Grand Inquisitor is going to get the final say because either he, you know, wants to remain Grand Inquisitor or B, he wants to be the one to deliver Obi-Wan to Vader. We do know this. We do know there's going to be a second showdown between Vader and Obi-Wan. And I think that's why they showcase how weak Obi-Wan is now, because I have a feeling the second time. Think about it. From the line from uh, A New Hope, you know. Yes. Well, so we also know from an interview from Ewan that he says, like, the first time I saw Darth Vader and I saw Hayden Christensen, it was it was a um, he was behind me and I had to turn around. And so we haven't gotten to that. We haven't gotten to the interrogation scene yet. We know that it happens because there's a scene where the door goes and Ewan's eyes open up and, and, and we, and we hear that. Well, no, that's, that's edited because the Ewan's eyes opening up scene is from him when he's trying to talk to oh, Qui-Gon. You're right, um, Kevin. Yeah. They edited oh, that one. You're right. They did edit that. Anyways, that scene was great. But so he, but he does mention that the first time he saw him, it like scared him and yeah. he had to turn around and we haven't gotten that. And he said it happened on film. So we haven't gotten that part yet, so I'm, I'm still very much so intrigued by that. We know there's going to be another fight, but what I really loved about this was, to your point of him being really weak, him being so unsure of himself with a lightsaber, it looked like, it looked like Finn. When Finn picked up Luke's lightsaber for the first time, right? Like, that's the vibe that I got, where he was just like a kid just swinging a stick around. Like, that's what it looked like, and, and, and Vader was the master. And so that's where I'm just like, at that point, you you are the master. You you there's no way that you are treated as the apprentice. So I agree with you. There is going to be an epic duel of the the to the extent of which do you remember watching the YouTube video where they redid the fight of Obi-Wan and Vader? It's gonna be that. Like everybody wants that fight because it's choreographed so beautifully. And yep. so I think that is going to be the level of combat that we are going to get. Obi-Wan, we're going to go through an entire arc. It's going to be short, but it's going to be kind of like a karate kid montage where Obi-Wan is, or even like Rocky, where he's like running up the steps and all that stuff. Like that's what we're going to get. We're going to get a training montage. He's going to meet up with Qui-Gon. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, right. He's continuously trying to, to talk to Qui-Gon constantly. Master, are you there? Master. Are you oh, there? yeah. No, that. Liam Neeson, come on. You're not fooling anyone. We anymore. know that he's oh. voicing Qui-Gon. We know that he's back. He's going to show up. He's going to be a ball of light, and he's going to show up. It's going to happen. Obi-Wan. Yeah, exactly. You, I don't you know who you are. reconnect with the Force. <laughs> I'm off finding my daughter. Oh, Obi-Wan yeah. has a brother? Can we talk about that? Okay, yeah. No, I was ready to wrap up. I forgot about that. No, we have remember. to talk about Obi-Wan's little brother. We are going to meet the little brother at some point. Either he's going to be a stormtrooper. He's going to have something to do with the Empire. Something's going to happen, dude. What if... Okay, we know the Force does run in families. What sure. if a new Inquisitor shows up? And something. they're like, this is blah, 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 Kenobi. I'd be like, Kevin, oh! What about in... Remember in Knights of the Old Republic that... The, the thing where she's where the Jedi took the brother or took the sister and not the brother and the brother was really effing pissed. Mm hmm. It could be that he could be force sensitive and and the Jedi are like, we'll take one, not the other. And that guy's mad. That guy's ticked off again to your point of how, you know, Knights of the Old Republic storytelling is, you know, Disney driven. That's that's it. What if you get a bad Kenobi? I think we have three more episodes left. I do think they're going to make a season two after this, by the way. But 
we have to get to the point again the peacefulness that obi-wan ex exudes when we meet him in rebels is is not the there. point that we're trying to get to and it is clearly not there so there's more shit that needs to happen but that peacefulness also i remembered this after the last episode from a new hope there is one poignant line it's probably the most important thing he says throughout anything and he has to learn that and the only person that could teach him that is qui-gon or yoda and that is if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you could ever imagine and he has to get to that point where he he believes that we are so far from that still yeah He's a he's a basket case right now. He can barely keep it together. The only thing holding it together is Leia. Oh my! I love. I just and now love... if Reva captured Leia, oh my god! Like this is gonna this is just gonna be a whole thing. It's really so, gonna make. It's gonna bring a lot more character to Leia. Like Leia has a lot of presence in four, five, and six. I'm not gonna take that away from her. But she's the she's the leader. You know, she's a a commander. She's a general. But we don't ever get to see. The other side of Leia, like what, what did it take for her to get there? You know, the, the line of like, I think she's going to be a great fighter. And Obi-Wan's like, I believe so too. Like all these things. Okay. You're foreshadowing, but what did she have to go through? What kind of, what kind of pain, what kind of trauma did she go through to get her to that point? And so like, I think getting this character development, again, I constantly talk about this. We are getting the character development that we need in order to make up for all of the movies, because you try to tell a Star Wars story in a in a very small, condensed two-hour window, two-and-a-half-hour window. There's just not enough room. That's why there's books. That's why there's comics. I was talking to I was talking to Paris on Twitter yesterday. We, we were going back and forth. He's from uh, Gamertag Radio, and, and he had mentioned how he didn't like the turn of Anakin to Vader. He said it happened too fast. There wasn't enough that really showcased the pain and turmoil and all that stuff. And I said, yeah, you're right. But they flush it out in Clone Wars. And he goes, well, you know, Big not time. everybody's going to watch Clone Wars. I'm like, but that's the point. That's Star Wars. That, you're right. That that's Not everyone's going to see it, but that means they don't get the full picture because, again, you can't paint a full picture in a movie. That's why in any, in any movie or any type of, of entertainment that you enjoy, there's always going to be secondary forms of storytelling to flush out the main story. That's why the so. Cimmerillion exists for Lord of the Rings. It tells the story of the first two ages that gets us to the point where um, uh, Sauron is Sauron. Yep. You know, y you come into it like you're at the you're at the end of the Cimmerillion when you start Lord of the Rings in the movies. Um, you know, where Sauron. Does anyone know that Sauron has a boss that's ten times like bigger? When than I found than when I is? found out about that, and he's like ruling over like all these demons and stuff. I was like, this guy exists. I had no Melkor. idea. Yep, it's so, cool. It's the same same thing. Even with Marvel, you know, there do you know how many stories and backstories there are for Marvel and DC characters? You can't squeeze that into a movie. It's impossible. And it's the same thing with Star Wars. When yep. you're when you're creating a universe, you're doing a, a unilateral storytelling across multiple mediums. People can't expect to have that two and a half hours, two hours be the complete picture of the thing they want in an entire universe that's being fleshed out across multiple mediums. It's not this, you know, one-off Netflix movie. This is 40 something years of storytelling um, across prints, across comics, across movies, across television shows, mm -hmm. panels. It's just, it's too vast and too big. So to your point, you know, Clone Wars is the complete picture of Anakin and Dave Filoni really is the reason that, Anakin became beloved after a while and it's translated to Hayden Christensen. I think he's enjoying, you know, that, that he went from being the whiny little bitch to a, a character that I think we can all embrace at this point.
Invaders terrifying the now. They really have taken the hallway oh, they, scene from Rogue One and, and they have just it. turned this guy into into just someone who like Vader was always the cool bad guy, but that was it. He was nothing more than just like Frankenstein's monster, right? Like there was there really was nothing to him. He had needed to be a monster, and they talk about it in the trilogy, in the original trilogy. They talk about how he's terrible, he's done horrible things, and you see him and you're like, oh, he's cool. I like him. And then Rogue One, you're like, oh my god he's a monster and slowly but surely through the comics and through all these other mediums they're showing that vader was not just like i'm the cool bad guy you know no, he's, a, he, he's a monster but they really want you to know that there is that that struggle the turmoil and so i really hope you know just to kind of like we'll and see. round this all out i really hope that that is something that they they lean on because they they have to a certain point again going back to the whole mental health thing i want to know what it's like when we get it from the comics but i want to see the dialogue i want to see it happen on screen i want to see them talk to each other like i want a therapy session between the two so badly there's got to be well i mean they can do that during a duel and that's how vader did it with luke so i'm sure that'll be yeah that's what know, i'm excited reminiscent for. of that the thing too is you have to remember um is we you keep saying there's good in him. We all know that. And obviously we all know how the story ends. I go back again to my, one of my favorite scenes in rebels on Malachor when he fights Ahsoka and she knocks the mask, you know, cuts it. I have a feeling we're going to get something to that effect where there's that momentary hesitation sure. of this person that you have a force bond with and you love dearly. Like in, in this case, like a brother with Ahsoka, it was like his sister. Um, and someone you love as an older brother, where that moment, and I have a feeling we're going to see the same exact thing with the eye, where it's just going to turn blue for that millisecond, and then go back to that orange, and the hatred will flood back into him, and he'll do his thing. But that's their way of saying, like, yes, it's there. And that'll be probably all Obi-Wan needs for peace, in my opinion. That would be the thing. Like, he'll go back to Bail or somebody and be like, I saw the good in him, or something along those lines. I don't think so. Because... Uh, because, and, and the only reason why I say this is because episode two and episode, sorry, episode four, five and episode six, Ben, in ghost form, constantly does not want Luke to go face Vader. So, so this is another thing, too, is I think Vader scares the absolute shit out of Ben, even when he's dead. I, and, and so that's, and he doesn't even... The idea of Luke being, we're going to go so far over. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Uh, the idea of like Luke going and saving Anakin was so far beyond Ben's comprehension that he didn't even think it was possible. So, and, and so I, I think there, I'm very, very curious to see how this, this duel happens where they still highlight, I think you're right, the highlight, the, 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 the turmoil, the good that's still in him, but still get it to a place where Ben is still just scared shitless because you're right. He has to get to a place of peace and je and become that ultimate Jedi master. But still, even the person who became more stronger than you could ever imagine That's is my still, point. still terrified. I think, think Qui-Gon's going to tell him like, you have to die at the hands of Vader to because Obi-Wan goes into that situation knowing he's a dead man. Most definitely. It was a suicide mission. He knew that from the start. Right. The, and he but, knew he was doing it for Luke because he knew Luke yes, was, it was, was a sacrifice. only hope. And I know you, I get what you're saying about him not. I think that is more akin to the fact that Luke is untrained than the fact so? that he's scared. Yeah, because Luke never doesn't never receives great training. It's Yoda, and Yoda does it like in like what a few days. 
Uh, what makes him more powerful than he was when he was alive? That's the other thing that I really hope they, they lean into more because we still have yet to get an explanation for what that means because we don't know what a force ghost does. Like when someone who, someone, when they explain video, it, episode they, nine. Yes. Yes. But it's still, I feel like there's more to it. There, there is definitely something that there, there is there in the training. Like we didn't get it with Yoda. Right, we didn't that whole like the 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 wills episodes. They don't really ever explain what happens when you go off into the the cosmic force because you're no longer part of the living force. You're part of the cosmic force. There's a whole thing in it. Or when you die, you go to the cosmic force. But if you are able, you're still a part of the living force. That's what it was. And so like that's the other part that I really want them to lean into. And, and to your point, Kevin, there's only three episodes left. There's like how do they not do a second season? three hours of storytelling that's that's a full movie so there can flesh out a lot and a lot can change i'm not saying it it won't but they i there's just going to be a second season there's no way you and and hayden are not going to want to come back now i think you and hayden will be separated if there is a second season because that's it they can't see each other again because the next time they see each other we know is episode four so it would have to be related to could be that the second season would be more related to luke than leia to kind of flesh that out a little bit more we do know that luke's life is very boring though so maybe it's not we know that he's just a farm boy at this point and that's what he's going to be for a while and he's going to be safe as a farm boy but to the point where reva walks up to owen and like you know interrogates him how many close calls were there um yeah. you know and, and with lay and everything so um and there's more to Leia. i mean it could it could jump forward and, and be teenage Leia, like a little bit younger than you know and have billy lord play her mom um and and run with that. Who knows? Who knows what we could? I know and the, the fanboys know it. But Billy Lord is in a sequel trilogy. <laughs> she can't be. Fuck off. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I have a feeling there's going to be something that brings Obi Wan peace that gets him to the point where he's communicating with Qui Gon. Qui Gon's going to teach him, like you said, there could be the trials of the wills. There could be a thousand things that could happen. But something about being a Force ghost, whether it's guiding Luke, whatever it may be, and that might be that might be as simple as that. Like the fact that you're guiding Luke from the, from beyond yep. is what he needs more than he needed you there in person. That could be what it is. We don't know, but yeah. we got three three uh, roughly three more hours, probably a little bit less, to flesh out all of the uh, all of this. And I guarantee you, there's a second season in like two years. It's just it seems impossible for them not to do it. It's it is the it is the most watched season premiere of anything so far on Disney plus it would it's be what, silly for them not to continue. Obi-Wan. It's what Pete from around the galaxy said his father wants to watch it. His son wants to watch it and he wants to watch it. Obi-Wan is the one character left in star Wars universe besides like Yoda that will unite every generation of folks. Like it, it's, it's him. He's the one he, he is, he's the evergreen star Wars character besides like Luke Skywalker that everybody knows. And, and you know, he's, we've seen every iteration of him at this point. So I think that's the point is it's such a big deal to the Star Wars universe to bring yep. him back that a second season would be just foolish not to do. I agree. Well, let's wrap this up because you got to go do uh, uh, you got to go do pew pews. Uh, we ran way over time, but honestly, I'd rather talk about Star Wars all day. <laughs> the next three the next three episodes will probably be just like this uh, next week. Uh, we will be back here for episode four of Obi-Wan. Uh, next week, also, I believe uh, either Tim and I, if I can make it, but if not, Tim will be on Star Wars Explained next week to talk about Obi-Wan. We'll get you more details on that. Um, 
Uh, we would also like to thank you for a hundred thousand downloads on audio. Really? Uh, for Star Wars and Scotch? Yes, a hundred thousand downloads. So thank you wow. so much for uh, for checking us out and uh, being a part of of uh, our really nerdy idea that Tim and I were worried there wouldn't be enough content for. Well, <laughs> um, but you can check out Timmy's Darkness four two nine fb gg slash Darkness four two nine and Darkness four two nine everywhere else on the internet. I'm Kevin X Vision on Twitter, K Magic one hundred one on Instagram. Everything I do is at raredrop.co. And there are 84 other episodes of Star Wars and Scotch to listen to if this is one of your first. You can go back and check out our feelings on Old Mandalorian, Bad Batch, you name it. We've covered it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, we're excited for next week to uh, dive deeper in. I have a feeling there will be a lot more on meat on the bone and some more Vader. And uh, until then, may the force, what is it? What do the Sith say? May the force ever serve you. That's what they say. That's dope. I like that one. In Swotor, that's what the Sith say. Instead of may the force be with you, they say may that's the really force good. ever serve you. Yeah, have a good one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.